there comes a time in every sports podcast and really any podcast in general that the quality either just goes so far down or the people forget to like record it. And then there's a time where like you hit this peak and you think that that's like the plateau, but then you just raise the bar so much higher. Luckily, we're at that one where we're going to go like a little bit better. Luckily, also, you won't have to hear my voice as much because I'm going to do this smelling salt. And the owner of my favorite Instagram page, Bryce Martino, the FB analyst, if you don't know, is here. Finally, after months of hoping he would join us, is going to. Andrew Tolva's back, finally. He's going to join us most Tuesdays, Tolva Tuesday. Bryce, whatever you want to say, go for it. I'm going to do the salt, and then I'm going to let out a quick woo, but just don't mind me, okay? What's up, boys? Hi, Bryce. Brycey! Good. What's Did going on here, Bryce? Good to be here, except for seeing Tolva, obviously. Deontay's all right. He's just fine. I can tolerate Tolva for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when we're all talking football, we're a little bit more tolerable, but. Uh, I think this is a this is this is as good as it gets as far as a board goes. We got Steven running the whole thing, and uh, I'm excited to get into some football talk, y'all. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I haven't been on a pub with you in a little while, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. Somebody want to kick us off with something? I'll go. Um, I've never done a spelling salt before a podcast. I don't know why not. Oof, that was really good. <laughs> I can't uh, wait for that to live on forever. Uh, okay. That's going to be mean. <laughs> Bryce, my, like, biggest wish is at, like, 12.59 for me to make a gif of that and then, like, you to post it to, like, your millions of followers. Oh, that was really dumb, though. I've been having sinus <laughs> problems. I'm so afraid I'm going to get a nosebleed. Anyways. Hey, man, uh, sometimes that's the price you pay. <laughs> we're going to start off one team you think more of, one team you think less than. And Bryce Martino, please get us underway. All right. Well, one team that's really shocked me is – sorry about that. Um, Carolina Panthers. Yeah. We've all seen what um, Sam Darnold's done in the past, which is pretty much nothing with the Jets. Steven knows that. Um, really, I, I'm not a huge fan of that team overall either. Their quarterback plays terrible, like I've said. Their tight end is shaky. Defense is shaky, too. But um, that's really all I got. What's the team that, that you think less of? Less of? Jeez. Got to be Vikings, honestly. I mean, they bolstered that defense a lot this offseason. Got Patrick Peterson... Uh, Delvin Tomlinson. I mean, they should have won that last game if history repeats itself and missed field goal again. Yeah, I mean, that's thing is something that I think I've really um, been disappointed by with the Vikings this season. I mean, if you guys remember the 2019-2020 offseason, um, the, uh, the Vikes came through and they let like every bit of veteran talent they had go to bring in, you know, they put all faith in their rookies, you know, they, they lost, I think, I think that roster got younger by, I think a couple of years on average, which is a huge difference for one off season. But um, then that defense that they had just kind of collapsed. It was unimpressive. And now this year they've kind of compensated by bringing back a lot of veteran talent. Some of the guys they'd originally let go, um, but they're, uh, they're just, not they're, they're not closing out these games well they've got not so good. much talent on offense they've got so much veteran talent and young talent on defense now a combination of those off seasons and uh here they are sitting at zero and two behind the chicago bears of all teams and the packers after that opening game they're still behind them too there's no reason this vikings team shouldn't be number one in the division right now but right now they're tied for last with the lions the lions the rebuilding freaking lines. Yeah. The guys who took on Jared Goff's contract. Taking off kneecaps. <laughs> well, yeah, they're taking off kneecaps and Ws, I guess. It's embarrassing. And yeah, here they are, tied with them. 
Hey, I mean, they also signed Austin Siebert. Like, that was out of all the kickers that they could have had. The fact that they signed him shows, like, how much Dan Campbell really wants to win. Like, take your double mocha venti whatever and just, like, dump it all over Jared Goff. <laughs> Man, I don't know. It's crazy I... to think, but the Lions aren't even that bad this, this season. With I mean, how much roster turnover they had this year, this offseason, you'd think they would be a lot worse. It's, it's the coaching, show. man. I think Dan Campbell really is the truth there. I, I mean, I watched him. He was the assistant head coach to Sean Payton for, I think, three years. Uh, tight ends coach. He played in the league, so I think he has a lot of good perspective, and he learned from some of the best. So, um, you know, you look at his team, his roster right now, and uh, he's got a guy like DeAndre Swift. He watched – Alvin Kamara for three years and and from the minute he was drafted to what he's become now he wants that on his own own offense and he's got a great gadget player and Jamal Williams and I think you're seeing how much he prioritizes depth and versatility and Aaron Glenn is turning things around um, on that defense I wouldn't say he has the players to show what he's capable of but he's a defensive backs coach and he had I think two rookies who end who ended the game as starters so um, I, I think they have the right coaching but Man, the Lions, once they get a little bit better, develop, um, develop their young players and draft and in the free agency, they make the right moves, as I expect their front office to do. I mean, the, the Lions, I'm not ready to say they're going to be good because that hasn't happened in a couple decades, but I'm ready to say that I think they're on the up and up. Yeah, it kind of feels like a similar, similar to um, bringing in Salah in – New York, like it's mm-hmm. a kind of the the kind of move that you expect would pay dividends over time over the next year or two. They they are on the up and up. Are we still keeping with this uh, team? I think more of team. I think less of because yep. I'm thinking a little bit more of the Eagles, just a little bit. You know, I mean, That's I don't think disgusting. they're I don't okay. think they're good. <laughs> I just think that they may be less terrible than we're giving. I them think credit. the Eagles are the second or, best team in the division. I think you're wrong. Or or. Or could the 49ers just not be as good as I thought that they were? I mean, that's, that's the more accurate. The, the, the fact that they the still – in the league. The Eagles gave them a competing game with an average defense at best. Mm-hmm. And Jalen fucking – Like, what Like what did you expect? Ten wins this year? You know what? Here's, <laughs> They're going to get – have no quarterback either. Here's, here's a good one. I mean, and I think everyone's kind of starting to get on this train a little bit. I will say I was one of the most hesitant Gruden and Mike Mayock praisers. I will stop at nothing to talk poorly about the Raiders, but I just wrote an article about their defense. Their offense is playing pretty well. Darren Waller looks like he's still that guy. Brian Edwards is looking better. Henry Ruggs is going to be utilized more. The offensive line is not as as bad as as we, we make them out to be, and Derek Carr can get the ball to his playmakers. I'm not about to say he's good. He's getting the ball to his playmakers. So let's say they can put up some points. Max Crosby looks like one of the best defensive ends in the league right now. He has 11 quarterback hits. He has two sacks, and he has uh, a handful of pressures first through the first two games. He's terrorizing tackles. Um, I mean, and he was, he was on Lamar Jackson's ass all night. Lamar Jackson's one of the hardest guys to tackle. I think uh, I, I credit most of it, though, to Gus Bradley in his system. You know, you look back to the Chargers. They had Derwin James, who's ultra versatile. You have a guy like Joey Bosa. And what I've noticed through a little bit of film study is that the Raiders defense is prioritizing technique and high IQ football players. And if you run your defense like that, you don't need to have a bunch of pro bowlers to win football games because you have guys who are going to do their jobs and they're going to make tackles and they're going to make plays because they're taught correctly and it's all schemed correctly. So let's say Max Crosby is going to be that guy. Yannick Ngakwe is still a great uh, speed rusher. They've got a great rotation down there. Solomon Thomas, Darius Phylon. Um, and then they have uh, Carl Nassib as kind of a tweener between interior defensive line and edge rusher. Um, and then they've got a great linebacker rotation. Corey Littleton's out there, Nick Kwiatkowski, Nicholas Moreau, KJ Wright. Um, and so I've been pretty impressed with their front seven. Um, but honestly, what I thought was so dog water for so long was their cornerbacks and they drafted Damon Arnett and I'll say he's a bust. I'll, I'll say it right now. I hope every other football fan would say, but Trayvon Mullen is developing and getting better each and every year. They brought in Casey Hayward and then Nate Hobbs is holding down the slot. 
So you look at this team, it's complete for what Gus Bradley wants to do on defense, and they can carry out what Gruden wants to do in his ever-evolving offense. So is this a team that can compete in the AFC West? Probably not yet, but this is a team that's not going to lose 40 to nothing two weeks a year to the Chiefs. A team that I'm disappointed with, the New York Giants. I was so high on them this offseason, bro. Their defense, I was so high on them. They have a great secondary, Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers. They have James Bradbury out there, Adoree Jackson. I think Darnay Holmes has come a long way. And I've just been flat out disappointed with how their defense has played. Aziz Ojolari, great pick. I had a first round grade on him. People will learn that he should have gone in the first round much higher. Uh, And they've got a great line. Danny Shelton has disappointed. He's not starting right now. Uh, Dalvin Tomlinson, or no, uh, Dexter Lawrence. Um, I'm a big Dexter Lawrence fan. I think he got a perfect jump on the kick, but that's for a different podcast. And then... um, obviously Leonard Williams. So I I think the defense is what got me really excited and I'm disappointed. And and then whatever is happening with Kadarius, Tony. Oh God, that's a mess, isn't it? I I mean, I I like, I like your take. The giants are massively disappointing. They look like they had a great off season. I mean, arguably the best off off season in the NFC East. It was start with the coaching staff too. Yeah, I mean, they were, they were just impressive, but it looks like they're undisciplined. It looks like they're, you know, constantly missing their assignments and generally underperforming on what's expe- what was expected to be a more talented roster than last year. I put it on Joe Judge and whatever reason, Jason Garrett is still in a high-level coaching job. Yeah, that, what that, I don't get bad. is why they're guy. using a practice squad receiver over Kedarius Tony too. I, I, yeah. I mean, they're misusing Kenny Galladay. Like oh, if, if you could misuse him, um, Sterling Shepard was a Kadarius Tony kind of guy out of the draft. I feel like we forget that at Oklahoma, he was shifty gadget player guy. And we're like, yeah, like if the right offense gets their hands on Sterling Shepard. He's going to do it all. And, and he, he had like the Debo Samuel kind of potential. Mm-hmm. And now they have Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony on an offense where they're like, run this route and uh, see what happens. And if Kadarius Tony can even get on the field to run a route, what is happening in New York right now? I mean, I saw during during that game, people were saying that um, that Kenny Galladay was yelling at um, Daniel Jones. Apparently it came out and said that he was actually yelling at um, Jason Garrett. So apparently there's something going on within that offense that, you know, is having the players upset. Big surprise. And, and, yeah, and I'm, that, I'm not really sure. Yeah, I'm not shocked by that at all. I mean, Daniel Daniel Jones is actually playing like a mediocre quarterback, which, considering the team around him, is is, is kind of impressive. I think that uh, I think that he's he's. I mean, obviously, he hasn't been good, and he hasn't been good enough to elevate this team, um, as you know, you kind of need from a quarterback at any level. Uh, but he's uh, he's been decent, and yeah. that's all you can really ask for him, considering the support and coaching staff around him. May I chime in? You Please. May. Can we stop saying Saquon Barkley's a top five running back? Thank you, God. That was literally oh my, my next yes. point, dude. I have this guy hasn't been best, top five guy years. is like barely I, top ten. Oh my gosh. He got like like the first year. I'll give him credit. That was a terrible offensive line. What he did was incredible. But like the second year, he you know, he had some injuries, this and that. But that was what the Jets had like a terrible defensive line and totally shut him out. And Joe Mixon had like similar numbers to him, and nobody gave Joe Mixon any love. And then last year it was like, oh, well, he Saquon's hurt, him. but you know, it's gonna be Saquon 2.0 in in 2021. Saquon Dude. Barkley's like, yeah, it's great, <sighs> but like, let's. It's like CMC, Derrick Henry, Kamara, then like different levels, and then Saquon Barkley falls in that like whichever one you get. You know, I, I, I semi bought into the Giants this offseason because I loved what they did. Like on paper, their defense was great. I was like, this is going to be great. All they need is semi decent coaching. And so I'm following all these fan pages. I'm getting into arguments with people as I do. And I don't understand the rave about this offensive line. Andrew Thomas is not playing like a top five overall pick. Can we stop acting like he's going to start playing like a top uh, top five pick uh, like he's next week? Because he's not. And Matt Pert's not starting over the dinosaur Nate Solder. Who is Shane Lemieux, the sixth-round guard from Oregon, and why is he starting? Nick Gates isn't good because he picks fights and cusses a lot. And Will Hernandez, 
ate a couple a couple too many bags of Lay's potato chips this offseason. Like this is not a good offensive line. And even when they do give Saquon Barkley somewhat of a hole, he runs into the middle of a pile and averages two yards per carry. He lost skip he, he lost some pop with his knees and his IQ and vision is down the toilet. He might still have the most talent. He doesn't use any of it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, but at least he's got his number on his earrings. Yeah, I, I mean, at least at least he's got 26 in diamonds, and he's yeah. selling a lot of jerseys in blue. Like no one. Yeah, cares and that about Gillette that. commercial plays every 45 seconds. You, we get yeah. it, dude. You have facial hair. I do too. But I would shave it off because it looks terrible. I just, <laughs> I just don't understand what's going on with the Giants this week. So, I, I would say when it comes to the NFC East, this is still a confusing division. Because yeah. we have Dallas, and I wrote an article on their wide receiver duo, and I love them. I think Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb can be one of the best since we had uh, Brandon Cooks and Michael Thomas in 2016. We had Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, and we had the Chris Godwin, Mike Evans year with Jameis Winston. Like, I think they can be that good or better, and they're passing the rock a lot, but Tony Pollard's their best running back, and they're underutilizing yeah. him. Their defense looks weak. They lost their pass rush when Demarcus Lawrence hurt, hurt his foot. Micah Parsons is a great pick. Why are you still playing LVE and Jalen Smith over him? I mean, they switched Parsons to defensive end out of necessity last week, and he still got a sack. Like, this dude oh, dominated is that game. They are misusing good players. This is a poorly coached team. I don't think Mike McCarthy is the guy. Glad they had paid Deck or Dak, but, I mean, what's going on down in Dallas? Don't get me started on the Eagles or I'll rant for 30 minutes. I think it's between the football team and the Cowboys right now because the Giants are just sucking. Yeah, but that, I mean, does does the loss of Ryan Tannehill for Washington improve or Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick? Yeah, Ryan Fitzpatrick does it does does it improve or uh... neither? Tank this team. Like, like like do you think Heineke is on par with him then? Heineke's better. You know, I think the big mm. difference here is coaching, and that should—that's some of the—that's just one of the most underrecognized things in the whole entire NFL. Thank you. Coaching Thank makes you. such a big difference. Like Sean McVay, Sean Payton, Ron Rivera—they're weapons on the sideline. They are weapons, and they can run an offense with a guy like Teddy Bridgewater, Taysom Hill, Taylor Heineke, and they can win football games. The uh, the the. Uh, Rams won a playoff game with with whoever what's his nuts is the guy who looks like uh, uh Oompa Loompa like they oh, are winning football games with backup quarterbacks like so to me it comes down to the to the coaching and I think the Washington football team has a huge edge there I'm, I'm one of the biggest Ron Rivera supporters um I think he's a defensive mastermind and he just knows how to speak to his players and develop young guys it's why Taylor Heineke's playing so well if he was in New York Good luck. Mm. Yeah, I can agree with that. Washington's going to die by that secondary, honestly. Mm. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen worse secondary besides probably Houston. Mm. It's constant mis miscommunications. I don't know what it is. Mm. It's been been like this for for years. Uh, and Buffalo has them next two weeks, so. Mm. Oh, yeah. I'm expecting big things over the next two weeks. If we don't, then maybe it's time to be a little concerned about our passing game. But uh, until then, I feel pretty good. You um, know, every Buffalo Bills player you have in fantasy, start them all. They're going to go off of 50 points each, promise you. My concern is how the hell does Washington not play better when they're going up a guy like McLaurin every day in practice? How do you, how do you not develop? How do you not learn? And how do you, or at least how do you not understand as, as a front office that you need to improve that area? They practice they corners on that, they, league, on that they, team. They, mm. A lot of money has been spent. They, they paid Kendall Fuller. They paid William Jackson. They signed Bobby McCain. Drafted they, uh, they, Benjamin St. Juice. Juice, yeah, exactly. Mm. And it's just like, if, if, if there's no communications going on, mm. and then as you see on that, I, who was it? Who, who was it that was wide open that, that dropped that touchdown? I don't, I'm, I'm drawing a blank. Darius Slayton. But, Darius Slayton. Yeah. Yeah, Slayton, you know, you saw that was oh, a wide man. open touch. That was a wide open touchdown. I'm pretty sure somebody else caught a wide open touchdown later on in the game. Mm. Just constant miscommunications. And you know, Deontay, it, be deep. I think you'll have the best uh, input on this. X and I were talking about this recently. This mm -hmm. Washington front four is without a doubt, I will fight everyone to the death that they are the best front four, front, pass rush, whatever, in the league. 
Deron Payne, I have been one of his biggest supporters since the draft. He is an animal, a wrecking ball, so underrecognized. Jonathan Allen is also underappreciated. Montez Sweat broke the defensive line 40-yard dash record. And then Chase Young is the second coming of Black Jesus. But that is why everyone thinks that the Washington football team is going to get carried by their defense because of four players. You have linebackers behind them that aren't playing well. You have a undersized linebacker in Landon Collins and then just a bad corner room. So what do you think, Deontay? Um, so one thing that, I, that I've seen is that front four isn't nearly getting a, 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 as much pressure as they should with the amount of first-round draft picks that they put into it. Um, it makes no sense how I think in that game versus the Giants, they had, what, four sacks? Something like them, that, yeah. Two of them were by um, Jonathan Allen in the first quarter, and one of them was a corner blitz by, I believe, Kendall Fuller. So, like, there's mm-hmm. th- there's no way that the amount of pressure that they put on defenses should have been more. Um, the linebacker core is terrible. Jamin Davis, he's a rookie. Um, you really just—he's not really ready rely- to be that guy. He's not, and and if he's not ready to be that guy, and you have guys like um, John Bostic out there just looking lost, um, getting beat. Up the middle Cole Holcomb, Cole Holcomb I, I I love him. I wish he, he was playing better. I feel like he's going to play better. Um, but once again, there is a reason why they drafted a first round linebacker instead of you know consistently playing him. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, they have the the skill. I just I I I can't tell you. There's, there's you know, too much skill. Well, that that like, leader linebacker field general position is so important. It like mm-hmm. changes the complexion of a defense. When Luke Keekley left, we saw it. Teams like the Saints, when Demario Davis came, they completely changed. The Bills, when Tremaine Edmonds came, completely changed. So I am always hesitant with starting a first round linebacker as that guy. Maybe Jamin Davis is is the key here, but he's a developmental guy. What do you guys think? He is. One thousand, one thousand percent. What he's going to need a year or two to develop. Yeah, definitely. And and, and th- that's kind of why they they really picked him now because you f- they felt like they had good veteran, you know, pieces to at least help him out. But mm. you know, with Holcomb being that kind of young young guy, they you know they can't really rely on him too much. And they have a veteran in, in Bostic. You know, he's he's really really good at putting guys in positions that they need to be in order for them to um, succeed. He's a good voice. He, he's a good leader, but he sucks. Like he, he's terrible. Mm-hmm. So like he, he's, he'll just consistently get beat. And mm-hmm. when you have linebackers who either are, aren't good enough or too young and boss, just flat out sucks. You're Who's wearing to... the green dot? Uh, Boston. Ah, oh, okay. The thing is, so if Washington actually plans to contend for the division this season, I mean, right now they're in first by some by some miracle. But if they do actually intend to contend for this division this year, they severely need to improve that linebacker. Or who do you actually go get? The free agent pool for linebackers right now is non-existent. Um, and you know, if you, unless you're willing to make a trade, which I don't think Washington is, considering they're still unofficially in in, in sort of a, a half rebuild. They, so. So one thing that I think they were hoping on, I heard this from numerous people that, that I trust and, and, you know, and listen to, I guess they were kind of hoping to get that veteran um, after uh, getting down to the uh, 53 man roster. It just didn't happen. Um, mm-hmm. They only kept like three or f- they only kept three linebackers, I think. And once again, they were hoping to get that guy that was going to be cut. Yeah, pick happened. someone off a cut down day. But yeah, yeah, never happened. So they they uh they were in free agent talks um for a while in the off season with a guy like Jayon Brown. I heard, mm-hmm. and uh, they still planned on taking a guy like Jamin Davis. Like, um, they still wanted to, uh, you know, get that vet and then get a young guy that they can develop, and it just never worked out. And then after, like you said, at the uh the deadline, Avery Williamson and Benardrick McKinney were both in uh in talks with the football team, but then they want too much money. And they, they, the football team, I guess, thinks that they're good to go with Bostage, Holcomb and Jamin Davis. Which is just simply not, not true. It just seems flawed. Yeah. Well, NFC East is a jumble. What's new? Mm. Still garbage as always. 
Sorry, Deontay. I don't know. I don't know. My life is dope. My life is dope. Well, Ethan, too, though. Yeah, I mean, if we're going to talk about garbage. Let's talk about the Jets. Zach Zach Wilson. Whoa. Yeah, let's fucking talk about him now. Okay. Four interceptions. Are you serious? Like, okay. Okay. I was going to say something nice about you. Say the only good <laughs> thing out of Philadelphia. They should. But here we go. But I probably, I probably wouldn't have taken that in the nice way anyway. <laughs> I just wanted to know who you think more of and less than. Dang. All right, Ethan, tell us. It's it's tough. I mean, you know, I I would say the Raiders, but I still think they're pretenders at the end of the day. Just like you know, Andrew brings up the fact that you know they run it really well, but like. Talent does exceed at the end of the day, and, and you need it at the bottom line because coaching, you know, perfect coaching isn't perfect at the end of the day. And there are going to be mistakes made by these average players. And I just think they're going to plateau at some point. And I still think they're maybe even a fourth place team still. I mean, Denver, Denver's look pretty good. The I'm, Rams I'm, I, made it to the Super Bowl with Jared Goff. I, I still think, I mean, I, this is making it apparent. I think coaches are weapons. Like they are, they are all pro players and they, Sean, Sean McVay made. But Jared that defense Goff doesn't have like Aaron Donald in. or well, they don't no, have. but you don't need Aaron Donald. You don't, I mean, they're winning football games. You need better players than what they have. Sure. But they're beating teams like the Ravens. I don't want to hear about their running back situation that they didn't, they beat the chiefs without their running back situation. Mm. And, and they deserve credit for that, but it's not going to go for a full season. It happened with no, the Rams. And, and who else did they have? They didn't have Jalen Ramsey then. They had Aaron Donald, end of statement. They had an old Aqib Tlaib and a Marcus Peters who got embarrassed by Michael Thomas on deep routes. Yeah, they like, had um, uh, they had Todd Gurley, but, but running backs have proven to be increasingly replaceable in the current NFL. Yeah, but that was, so, that was before Todd Gurley had like – Devastating arthritis. That was the year that he had that he got that that came out. Yeah, because yeah, I remember he got like three bad. carries in that Super Bowl. I mean, yeah, because yeah. CJ Anderson went off that playoff season. Yeah, so which somehow meant that the guy that'd been leading on for, for a couple of years, who had brought legitimacy to the LA Rams offense for a while, just suddenly didn't matter in the Super Bowl. Gets you know, five snaps a game. I got a question. Yeah. And the Rams think- had a better offensive line than. Oakland or Las Vegas does now. Alex Leatherwood honestly stinks. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, well, the guy, was a he might be, pick. he might be the worst first pick. round pick, honestly. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, He's up there. Turner definitely. really showed up last well, the Raiders, week. But the Raiders have had defensive player like, of the year, Peyton six, Turner. Peyton the, Raiders Turner. Have, the Raiders have had six, six first round picks in two years or in three, in, in mm-hmm. three years. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I don't understand how the, how they continue to make such questionable draft decisions and we're not seeing any of it pay dividends. Well, you know, I think you look, honestly, I got a question. Cause if you look at the jets um, was, you know, they know they're, they're drafting a quarterback. They have a high pick and when they're hiring their, off, their staff, they hire Robert Sala, which I can't say is inherently a bad move. Obviously he's a great coach, but he's defensive minded. And you have a guy like Zach Wilson who went off for one year, at BYU and and you 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 stick him with the defensive coordinator as his head coach. Did they make a mistake there? Or is Zach Wilson not who we thought he was? Mm. I'd like Here's to believe that Wilson is uh, I'd like to believe that Wilson has, has as with every QB coming out of the draft, I kind of want to root for them. I'm uh, yeah. I, I think that this league is best when we have great young quarterbacks playing to their full Absolutely. potential. But more often than not, I mean, I mean, you know, every every draft, we, we're not going to see you know two or three Hall of Fame caliber franchise QBs coming out. We're going to see one, maybe two, in a really good draft. Um, but we just you just don't tend to see that that same level of success from 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 these young guys. Um, and I think that if we if you're looking at these draft classes of quarterbacks coming out, you need to pick maximum two guys who you think can actually make it and understand that the rest will have a below average to non-existent career. Um, and looking at what the limited sample size has been so far, it looks like the two guys who were probably going to do best are going to be guys like um, Justin Fields and Mac Jones. I don't see, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has no support and, you know, yeah. we don't want what happened to Sam Donald in you. You're talking about this year. They're going to have about this year. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm talking about like the potential long-term careers of these guys because um, 
I like Trevor Lawrence, but he's also getting no support. It doesn't look like this um, the new front office and coaching staff for this organization have, have made any steps to correct that. And it doesn't look like they're going to, I don't, it, it doesn't instill the faith in me that they're going to make more good moves in the future. Well, um, I think that, that Urban Meyer these guys was terrible. Awful. Yeah. Awful. I completely agree. Well, but, but then you look at the 18 with uh, yeah, Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So that's like three above average, at least above average quarterbacks. And then I'm not ready to kick the bucket at, on Sam Darnold, but then yeah. there was the Josh Rosen disaster, which I, I called my, my, might I add, mm. but, but I think Mac Jones is looking good. I think Justin Fields is going to be that guy. I think Trey Lance is really going to be that guy. No one is going to kick the bucket on Trevor Lawrence for two years at least. Agreed. Like, and then uh, who's the fifth? Who's the fifth guy? Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. So, so could Zach Wilson be the Josh Rosen? I think. Or I think there's more potential for him. Well, I think that there's more potential for him to bust out than any of these other guys, primarily because he's been the least impressive, uh, with arguably BYU. With arguably one of the and he's better QB coaching above supports in the NFL um, of these new guys coming up, I mean, uh, I think that I think that Wilson has so much potential and he could really, really, really could be great. But he needs more time, and we need to see him with some actual weapons around him. And it's up to um, Robert Sala to either do that himself or trust his offensive coordinator and front the front office staff around him to do that for him and recognize that his specialty lies in defense. Yeah. Um, and it's it, if he's able, I mean, Salah is known to be one of the least egotistical defensive coordinators coming through. He's, he's, he was this incredibly even minded sort of, I hate to say the word humble because it's kind of overused in, in the modern but context he here, but he it, it is. He fits, he fits every, he fits everything you'd want out of a potential new coaching hire. But if he's, if he thinks that he can learn to run this entire offense, as well as trying to rebuild this defense into, you know, in his image, like he did in San Francisco, then I think that they might be looking at another rough couple of years before either he figures it out or they move on to somebody else. Living and dying by that defense, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he, he needs to acknowledge that he needs help on offense. Um, either his quarterback needs help, which is absolutely a fact, or he needs help building that offense, which we well, don't know yet because think- it's not been enough time. I think he's smart enough to figure it out though. Like Sala yeah. is one of those guys who is just, he knows football, you know, mm-hmm. he knows how to win football games. Mm-hmm. He learned from Kyle Shanahan. I do think that's a big plus. Like he learned from one of the best offensive minds. Mm-hmm. So he's seen how it's supposed to be run. I'm not about to say he's an offensive mind at all, but mm-hmm. you know, you bring in the right offensive coordinator, a guy who's come from a reputable coaching staff and who knows. Yeah, uh, um, but, the, but you can see why, why why a lot of these things that we're saying about Salah don't instill me in a great deal of faith in guys like Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Absolutely. Well, and then you look at what's around him. He's got like Ty Johnson and then the rookie. Um, yeah, they don't even the have like a running back real half-decent running back. What's his name? Michael Carter. Mm-hmm. They don't have a half-decent running back. They've got uh, Elijah Moore, who I do think is going to be great. Denzel Mims, who can't create separation. Jameson Crowder get above Jeff Smith on depth chart. Mm. Yeah, it, like, even with like, Jameson Crowder and Kalen Cole inactive every week. Right. Yeah. So let's not kick the bucket. And the Patriots' defense is designed to to confuse you, mm. even if see you're a ghost. smart quarterback. Mm. See ghosts. For rookies, it's, it's, did you see that they asked they that they asked Zach Wilson in post game press conference if he had been seeing ghosts out there? <laughs> and he said <laughs> that oh. was the dumbest question. Like, uh, no, no, I did not. No, no. All right. Well, let's get to some exciting football here. I think that the NFC East is really intriguing to me. I'd like to kick this off with a couple thoughts and then, and then I'll I'll pass it off. I like the Niners this year. I was just saying before this, I think they should start Trey Lance. NFC West. Correct. Um, And I like the Niners this year. I think they should start Trey Lance early, let him get the rookie jitters out of the way. And then they'll put their best offensive foot forward with him at the helm. Once he's learned a little bit, um, I like the Seahawks this year. I think they got outplayed and outcoached by the Titans in overtime, but I'm not ready to say that they're, you know, the same plays, plays well early, plays bad, bad at the end kind of team. And then you look at the Rams, they're incredible with Matthew Stafford. They look great. Their defense is, is, is hitting on all cylinders. 
The anomaly to me is truly the Cardinals. And I just wrote an article on this. Can they sustain this offense? Kyler Murray is making some magical plays. They've got D-Hop being D-Hop. They've got A.J. Green, who's a reliable security blanket, a smart veteran. They've got Christian Kirk, who's making some nice plays deep down the field. And Rondell Moore is that gadget player that, that they want. I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is calling a good game, but that Kyler Murray is making him look good. He's been hit 11 times in two games and is scrambling and is 5'10 and one of the hardest quarterbacks to tackle in the league. If they can't sturdy up on that offensive line, he's going to be injured by week seven, slower, physically beat down, or he can't make these miracle plays. But also the secondaries that they're going up against is Janoris Jenkins as CB1. They're going up against an old Patrick Peterson who Kyler Murray had a perfect passer rating against. Cam Dantzler. Like these are weak secondaries. What happens when you meet the Rams in week four with Darius Williams and Jalen Ramsey or the Browns in week six with Denzel Ward and Greg Newsom. What happens when there are corners who don't blow coverage and take away your miracle plays? Then what, then what is your five ten baby Yoda going to do? Yeah. <laughs> the a lot of are the biggest question. See a lot of what you've said about the Cardinal about Kyler Murray is a lot of stuff that people were saying about Josh Allen last season. Um, and he you know, was able to put up, a lot of that's to sustain success. He did have a down period during the uh, the middle of the early season, you know, as we, we, we had to overcome some issues. Um, but ultimately, uh, it, it, he, he was learning to play from the pocket a lot more, and that's what was making him – that's what was letting him elevate his game. You're not seeing that in the same way from Murray. Yes, he's making all these plays, but if you can't maintain the security of your pocket, learn to sidestep the pressure instead of fleeing it, then uh, oh, he also has Brian Dable and Sean McDermott. They, this yeah, dude yeah. stuck with Cliff freaking Kingsbury, one of my exactly. least favorite coaches. Exactly. Through no fault of Murray's own, I think that he's he, the odds are stacked a little more against him. Um, and, you know, I like Murray. I think he's a, in a, one of the most entertaining quarterbacks I've seen in a while, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you, for know, sure. you can't help but love to see him in prime time, but he doesn't have the same support system. And until he either gets it, or learns to live long-term without it, then I don't have much faith in it. But I am well-documented at this point. I think I've said on every single pod I've been on for at least a few weeks now that this is Rams to the Super Bowl for me. I think they are, they're, they're, they're quite possibly the best team in the NFC. I think that if they go, you know, we'll see what happens when they go head-to-head with the Bucks later on this season. But I fully believe that their defense is a little more, is a little more complete. Their offense is a little less complicated than the Bucks, but it's, you know, just as effective. I'm. I have huge expectations for the Rams, and um, I do. I think that. Yeah, I think you know when all's said and done, the Cardinals and Seahawks are kind of fighting it out here for worst in the division, which is still both of those teams are still really good. Than some yeah. of the leaders in other divisions. I don't know, you know but someone's going to miss the playoffs. Who's Bryce, it going to be? Bryce, what do you think Arizona. about the West? Well, who's that? You broke up about the West. What do you think about the West? You know. Arizona is not my favorite team out of that division, honestly. Mm. Tova said it. You're not playing against elite defenses. What happens when he goes up against the top defense? Or is what, he going to turn into kicks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. What, a point field what if he turns into 2019 Josh Allen for argument's sake? 2018 even. Mm. If he turns into that, they have no security blanket on that defense besides Chandler Jones. And he's not going to win you games either. What happens when he goes up against like an elite left tackle? You know, Taylor Lewan hasn't been that guy for two years. Yeah. And, and unless he, I'm forgetting somebody in the backfield, they have no run game either to rely on. They don't. Chase Edmonds, I talked about this. Chase Edmonds and James Conner, they're not it, especially with that offensive line. Mm-hmm. And you Connor know, hasn't been good since his rookie year. You look yeah, they at they lost uh, Kenyon Drake, right, to Vegas. Yeah, he's in Vegas. Yeah, yeah which is yeah, still and I mean, exciting, you look at at the defense. I think JJ Watt is one of the most overpaid players in the NFL right now. Like, mm-hmm. and that is that's maybe been a hot take, but like, this dude not is not high. producing like Hassan Reddick could have for the same amount of money. Hassan Reddick's got, let's see, three sacks through two games playing a strong side linebacker in a 4-3 defense. He's not even rushing the passer as much as, as a hand-in-the-dirt end or a rushing line, linebacker, and, and he's got three sacks. Like, he was the truth. I don't know what you were doing there, Steve Kime. Then you got Chandler Jones, who's Chandler Jones. Okay, that's a good – that's a that's a bright spot. 
got Buda Baker. Okay, that's a bright spot. But then you got an old Marcus Golden. Isaiah Simmons is still being misused and still somehow finding a way to make plays. Zayvon Collins is also making plays, but he's got no big three in front of them to open up lines to get these nice linebackers into the backfield. Like, they have talent that they're misusing. Does this come down to coaching? I think it does. They get to the playoffs. They're a first-round exit. That's where coaching really matters. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see Adam Gase's in the playoffs. You're going to see Sean McDermott's and Sean Payton's and Pete Carroll's. You're going to see Ron Rivera's. You're going to see good coaches in the playoff. You're not going to be able to outcoach everyone and win a game. You they have aren't to... getting past the Rams or the Bucks, honestly. No. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, I agree. So so then I beg the question, is this Cardinals team overrated? And if so, yes. how much? I've thought so all offseason. Underrated. Mm-hmm. I how think overrated? I think that they are just a little overrated okay because i still think that they have they have so much uh, evidently they have everything they need to play well um it's just so their ability the giant to string, defense yeah it's just their ability to string together consistently and i you know into they've been somewhat consistent so far it's on a play-to-play basis though it's 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 splashy it's flashy it's not you know bend don't break it's not you know unit cohesion it's not mm-hmm. you know consistent you know uh, quality scheme and executing effectively it's incredible athletes making plays one at a time and until yeah eventually someone's gonna you know block the pass rusher someone you know, you know your tight end's gonna swing and make a block downfield you know you're gonna get someone on a crossing route and suddenly you got three you know three easy routes to the end zone and then you know because your three best players just happen to all get locked up at once you can't expect star players and a lack of scheme and consistency to win you. You can expect it to win. You can hope it'll win you a game. You cannot expect it to win you a division. You cannot expect to win in the playoffs with it. Arizona and Houston may have been competing for the NFL's retirement home this offseason. Yes, absolutely. Well, and then I, I think a lot about, the like, what if the Raiders and the Cardinals played? It's kind of the opposite here. Cardinals have a ton of, of great talent, and sometimes it bails them out, but then their coaching will screw them. Like, they should have lost to the Vikings, and the Vikings are not all that. And, and they had a flute game like the Saints did against the Packers in week one. So what happens when you have the Raiders, who just took down two legitimate opponents, the Ravens, who are well-coached, the, the Steelers, who are well-coached and have a great defense, they, they outplayed them, both of those teams. Mm-hmm. five quarters against the Ravens and then they they just outright beat the Steelers so if the Cardinals and the Raiders meet let's say who's coming out of that who's coming out of the game the, the better coach team or, or the more talent it kind of feels like the old defense wins championships adage you know it's kind of a cliche but the scheme is going to win um yes. with consistency I mean you know it may you know you could put them up against each other and the Cardinals could blow the doors off but let's say this was a 10 game series you know, it's it, it, you're going to see more consistency and more you know, regularity of success from a team that executes scheme well because it doesn't matter if someone gets hurt, the next man up will do almost as good a job. Mm-hmm. You know, with the Cardinals, you lose Chandler Jones. Where does your pass rush go? You have an aging JJ Watt, and you have who else? You know, you lose um, no one. You have Marcus yeah, Golden. You lose gets- Buda Baker. You have no secondary anymore. That's it. That's you. Your job. Marco done. Wilson done. and Robert Alford. I will pound this drum until the day I die. Will never be starters on a team that goes deep into the playoffs. Lose the Cardinals. Not at all. No. Yeah, it's. I, I would say the Raiders will win this seven out of ten. You know what? Let's let's let our host over here with the the little red hat. Let's, <laughs> why don't you chime in? Ooh, he changed teams awful fast, didn't he? Sorry, I, I didn't like, feel like you guys were seeing enough red. <laughs> um, how do I? Th- I think this team when they play San Francisco, they're going to win one of them. And then everyone's going to be like, oh. But then I also feel like the Cardinals are going to like lose one that they should win. Everyone's going to be like, oh, maybe they are who they are. I think it just depends how much magic Kyler Murray has. I think this depends on if Cliff Kingsbury likes this lifestyle that the NFL's afforded him and how well this defense can hold up. And like Tolva said, if uh, – J.J. Watt, you know, wants to do something instead of Reebok commercials every once in a while. I think it just depends. Is your best Arizona Cardinals football Sunday better than whatever team you're playing? And, you know, time will tell. It's like Harley and I always say, this could be the second best team in the NFC West. You know, I love this because we're the guys who are supposed to give the answers. You know, people – 
people see the Saints destroy the Packers in week one. They're a top 10 team, and then they get embarrassed by the Panthers, and then they're a bottom half of the league team. Like, people switch up, like, the seasons. We're supposed to be the guys who say, listen, is this, is this success sustained, or is this just fun to watch for now until they play a real opponent? And I think we're answering it. This is, this is not – this Cardinals team that we've seen is lucky for beating the Vikings – and they had one fluke great game against the Titans. What the heck happens when they play McVay twice and that mm. defense, and they, they face an offense that they have to beat in a shootout? That defense can't hold the Rams in check. No way. Not with that receiving core. Not with Marco no. Wilson. Not with, with Robert Alford. Not, not with – I mean, their only David corner is Byron Jones or Byron Byron Murphy. Murphy, and he's a slot guy who can play yeah. adequate outside. Like that's why we do these pods. We answer these questions that, that other people are, are changing up like the weather on. Yeah. I mean, it's so easy to sit on a show and be like, well, these teams won. So they're good. And these teams lost. So they're bad. Come back next week for more analysis. But mm-hmm. no, I mean, you know, you guys, you actually take a look at what these teams are made of. You find there are a lot of the answers are quite apparent. You just need to know what to look for. Um, I mean, let's take a look at this Cardinals schedule here. The next four games are, um, Jacksonville in Jacksonville against the Jaguars in LA against the Rams hosting the 49ers in Cleveland against the Browns and I think they go 3-0 and and then they go 3-3 and here because you think is... they beat the Rams in LA? No, no I think they beat the Jaguars to go 3-0 and oh, oh I got you I got you and then they're going to lose to the Rams lose to the Niners lose to the Browns and then we'll see Where's what that, that team looks game? like uh, hmm? oh it's in Arizona but okay. I think I don't really I don't think, think that matters, matters too yeah. much yeah no, um, no the, the desert turns up. Just wait. They're going to yeah, go no, back out no, for that one. I think the it's desert GBG's turns still up. starting. I'm not uh, – I, I, I think that will be much closer than people think. Who can handle Debo Samuel? And, and they've got a stout offensive line. They're going to give Jimmy G time. And uh, they can't figure out who they have at running back because Raheem Mostert wasn't it, even when he was healthy. Elijah Mitchell is, is a lucky rookie. Jamichael Hastie's a lucky rookie. Or maybe he's a sophomore, I'm not sure. But, but like, I just think San Fran doesn't have all these weapons. They have Kittle and Debo Samuel, and I still take them. Is George Kittle around right now? I, I hate this Cardinal secondary. I cannot talk about it enough. I hate this Cardinal secondary. Oh, yeah, I think he – it's – yeah. So, so then uh, back to what I was saying. You know, we answer the questions on the teams that are easy to be fair weather with. What are y'all's thoughts on the LA Chargers? Ooh, they still can't win question. close games, even with the new coaching staff. Why? They still can't win close games. Like, they just you could pinpoint a reason. I kind of think it's a defense, honestly. Any part they of it, have, or you think it's a defense as a whole? It's a defense as a whole because they have all the weapons that they can possibly get on offense. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I don't gotta name these to you. And who do they have on defense that can actually produce? Bosa. Well, both besides Bosa, yes. You know, there is one thing that I've been able to completely pinpoint for the Chargers, and I think it's ruining them. And and you can look back to the Buccaneers when I say it. They've got Derwin James. Nasir Adderley's been a great free safety. Asante Samuel's playing well. Chris Harris is still a great slot corner. They got Joey Bosa. I love Uchenna and Wosu. I like uh, Jerry Tillery a lot, and I like Kenneth Murray. What Derwin they need, can be good if he can stay healthy. Right. But so, so let's assume he's healthy. What they need is their Vita Vea. They need someone who is demolishing insides of the line and opening holes. Derwin James can get to the quarterback. So can Kenneth Murray. He's like the Mario Davis in that sense. He can get in, in, into the backfield. He can make tackles for loss. He can make sacks. But there's no big hole in that defense, which is why in my recent mock, I gave him Jordan Davis from Georgia. I think they need a 350-pound uber-athletic people mover who, who is creating pressure with pure strength and time in the weight room opening holes for these playmakers because they have them. But then you, you scratch your head and you're like, why aren't these playmakers producing? Joey Bosa doesn't have the same opportunities he did on a four-man line. Yeah, you, need that, you need that consistent three-tech to eat double teams and let the, and let the players around him excel. So is you need Jerry Tillery to produce. Yeah, I mean, but is Jerry Tillery 
capable at this moment right is he a bust or does he need to develop a bit like that front three can be pinpointed as their problem yeah it's uh it's just it's it's kind of disappointing as you expect this an offense with as much as many quality skill players as they have to produce points but when they you know when you're constantly losing the field position battle and you're constantly having to play from behind you're handcuffed in what kind of play calling you can choose and how and how Mm -hmm. you can proceed as an offense Yep. And unless they unless they get that support across the defensive line to put pressure on the quarterback and on the opposing quarterback and make them in, for, and force them into poor throws, or at least um, you know take away running lanes and uh, you know drop drop a man out deep, you know put a, put a spy on the QB, mm-hmm. you know contain them and force them to throw from the pocket and play consistent coverage. You can you need to you need to lock down what you intend to do and how you intend to attack each quarterback. And if you don't have that. You know that that that, that big bodied crushing three tech defensive tackle right in the middle leading those double teams. You're not going to get that the same way, and that, until they have it, they're going to be uh, they're constantly going to be second fiddle coming out of the the AFC West at best. I completely agree. Like I, you y'all know X loves Justin Herbert as much as he yes. loves his mom. I am am right, kind of in that same boat. I'm a big Justin Herbert guy. He's got Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. Austin mm. Eckler, a much improved offensive line. They lost sometimes. Hunter Henry, but I'm a big fan of Trey McKitty. Don't get me started on Jared Cook. He ruined the end of Drew Brees' career. Mm. But I'm a little bit baffled as to why they're not putting up more points. And as, as a Saints fan, I've watched Mike Lombardi, our quarterback coach, who's now the offensive coordinator for the Chargers for so long. And I thought it was an awful signing to make him an offensive coordinator. He's a player developer, not a schemer. And that's what Justin Herbert needs. Yeah. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think the offense is underperforming. I think it, it might be the whole team. Yeah, I, th- I think there are, there, there are too many fundamental positions of need um, where, they, where they have to make either significant changes to scheme or personnel um, in order to make the whole thing work as a whole. I mean, you can't expect certain areas to consistently produce and compensate for other areas um, where they have no control. The offense can't make up for the fact that they lose the field position battle. Um, the, I mean, they, you know, they, they can... Inv- they can improve it as much as they yeah. can by getting you know by scoring points and you know getting as far down the field as they can. But generally, if the defense gives up three first downs and then a punt instead of a three and out or you know one first down, then uh, you're going to be starting in a worse and worse position all the time. And you know if you're constantly having to play from behind, you're going to be handcuffed in your play corner. You know it's it's these just these basic fundamentals of the game they impact one another and they they're like three or four areas where they need to fix them to make the team as a whole successful. But if they can fix them, then they're going to be terrifying. They just what do you think of Brandon it. Staley? What do you think of Staley? You think he's the guy? I think that Brandon Staley needs, uh, as always, he needs more time. He needs to like go to one of those uh, weekend camps where like the summits. you find yeah. out how to tie knots and stuff. And you're just like uh, that leadership thing. That uh, yes. Michael Scott didn't get invited to on the office. He needs one of those. <laughs> well, yeah, he just he needs more time. He's he's just he feels like a raw quarterback prospect, you know. Like there's Trey there's much, yeah, there's a lot of potential to make it work, but he just he needs time to to figure this out. He needs to learn to lean on his coordinators and staff around him when he when 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 he can. But sometimes you got to just you know put on your headset, call the balls he play and get to it. And I don't think he has that killer instinct yet. He's, no. he's not a weapon. Like, you, you know, like you said, head coaches and coordinators, you know, should be weapons to a team. And he's not that yet. And they have weapons on the field, but it's just like, they go so hand in hand. Mm-hmm. Good players become great players when they have a good coach and good yeah. coaches become great coaches when they have great players. Like, I mean, that Brady Belichick combo, neither one of them would have been the same without the other over, over that period. Of time. Correct. I mean, it's, it, it, it's a cliche to use the example, but you have to, there's no other, there's no more apt comparison. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was disappointing to see them play against the, football team and then it was disappointing to see their play against the, the Cowboys like I'm expecting a lot of Justin Herbert and, and the Chargers I wanted them to be a playoff team so I mean I guess we'll see it's only week two I don't buy much into these but the film doesn't lie and the film's been pretty pretty disappointing for me mm-hmm. I want to totally switch gears here and I'm going to pose the question to Ethan first 
is Arthur Smith the ugliest coach in the NFL, Ethan? <laughs> All right, we'll let Bryce go. Bryce, is Arthur Smith the ugliest coach Ethan's in the frozen. NFL? Yeah, it looks like he's frozen. Maybe he's just really but, wondering it. All right. Just deep in thought. But um, he definitely is. You can't name one other guy who's uglier than him. Besides probably Deontay. But yeah, I mean, Deontay looks like Lissom. You guys realize Damn. that? Y'all haven't Jeez. been to his Instagram, clearly. My God. Yeah, he posts like four pictures a year. And then I had to put his hashtag on his last one. <laughs> you know. Hang on. You guys have got me looking up. A fucking Arthur, Arthur Smith's Instagram here. Man, he looks like he looks like your grandpa, like like a, a Dang. everyday grandpa. What makes him really ugly is how he coaches his football team. God, I will put a lot of money on the Falcons being the number one overall pick. They look awful, awful. <sighs> you know, maybe that was the plan. Maybe that's why they took Kyle Pitts. They didn't have a quarterback they wanted available, and they knew they were just going to get. And then the they're not going to get one this year. year? Have you have you have you browsed perused the the draft class next year? I have. There is there is no quarterback worth the top ten pick. But I mean, there are some oh, worth it's, around it's like twenty thirteen. The eight to ten, yeah, <laughs> like like Matt Coral right Fishing. now is my number one picked quarterback, and and he shouldn't go top ten unless he wins Joe Heisman Burrow. and has a Joe Burrow year. And it's, Spencer it's, Spencer Rattler, we hear a lot about. He's in a Lincoln Riley offense that has a top five pick every year, and he's inconsistent and failing. That mm. dude's not it either. This yeah. is a year where Kayvon Thibodeau from Oregon, the defensive end, the, this is a defensive draft. They you know, aren't going to get a team had defensive needs. I love to hear that. But um, I think that, that still, no matter what happens, we're going to see a top three uh, a quarterback go top three at least. Maybe even two quarterbacks, likely, top three, reach, just be, yeah, just because of the of how necessary it is in today's NFL to have a franchise level quarterback. And if you have a high draft pick and you don't have a franchise quarterback, then you have no need more pressing than that. You know, you can't trade yeah. down and guarantee you'll get your guy. You can't, you know, pick a guy up high and then have him fail on you. It's uh, it's a hit or miss league now, and you know we may go into a new a new era of drafting again when you know teams learn to build you know, effective schemes around the quarterbacks that they have instead of just drafting the highest talent and making it and hoping that they're good enough. But it's happened multiple times throughout NFL history. Uh, draft Jones. Yeah, you know, draft stuff uh, changes all the time. The you know, it could be a common practice to take to take a quarterback, you know, between ten to twenty, and you know, let some revolutionary offensive lineman or you know, uh, the best cornerback anyone's ever seen come out of the draft. But until everyone's we see fighting that for that quarterback exactly yeah. and until that changes i'm uh, i'm i'm fully expecting quarterbacks to go top of the board anyway now that you're back and moving ethan i asked you if arthur smith is the ugliest coach in the nfl what kind of fucking question is that i don't care about his looks <laughs> okay they fucking I mean, I... suck there's, there's nothing good about them like I already mentioned, they're probably going to have fuck the number one overall fuck, pick. Fuck and, I, and I still don't understand. He'll probably still be the – well, actually, he's a free agent. Um, yeah, I don't understand why people don't copy kind of what the Jaguars did a couple of years. Oh, yeah, his internet's But you shouldn't have gotten so mad at him. Arthur, right. Well, yeah, I mean, Arthur Smith literally made him quit. This man's right. router is a damn Doritos bag. Bryce, the first time guy, game of the week, week three. Man, yeah, I haven't even looked at the schedule yet. I, I'll go, I'll go, you look it up, I'll go first. I know what my game of the week is. This is Bucks Rams, dude. If I said I said it before, Rams to the Super Bowl, Rams to the moon, I'm on this train. Um, but there's no there's no bigger threat in the NFC than the Buccaneers right now. And until the Rams just go to head to head with them and prove that they're the better team, then we're never gonna know. And that happens next week at 4:25 p.m. Eastern time. And that if that if we weren't robbed of that being a prime time game, then we'll all agree we were robbed afterwards because that's game of the week. There's no game that comes close. There are some decent ones. Nothing comes close to that. I agree. I don't know. I I I uh, I'm really interested in the Chargers Chiefs game because it's interdivisional. 
Let's see if the Chargers can get going here and uh, take down the Chiefs for a second week in a row. I doubt it. Uh, Saints-Patriots could answer a lot of questions for us. Uh, Colts-Titans could be a good uh, directional arrow for where that division's going, but it's Rams-Bucks all the way. Mm. Easily. All right, easily Rams-Bucks. Packers-Niners since Yeston took my – the one I was going to go with. Everyone else but, um, <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Um, I think it's two teams that need to get off on a hot start. Finally, they've had a shaky – both teams have had a shaky two weeks. Can we see some improvement from the 49ers finally? They have too much talent and a, too good of a coaching staff to start this slow. Yeah, they keep uh, playing down to their opponent's level which uh, I've, I've said a few times, and some people agree with me, some people don't. Um, but you can't play you, – you can't claim to be as good as they are, and they are a very good team. They but kept then it close to keep... with the freaking Detroit Lions of all teams. And then the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. those like Eagles, what... they played – they stooped way down to the Eagles level there. Yeah. It just it's it was shocking that they that they made those two games as close as they were, especially considering the kind of expectations you have of the 49ers. Even after you lose Robert Sala, you expect that defense to perform because of the scheme he put in place, you expect them to maintain it if it's that level of success or bring in someone who can work with it and improve off of it, because it's in my opinion, undisputedly one of the best defenses schematically in the NFL was was them last season. I mean, even after all of their losses and injuries, they were still a great defense in 2020. And uh, you, you can't you can't imitate that kind of success. You need to, you know, le- you need to learn from it and commit to recreating it properly. Yeah. What I want to see too is the Colts Titans. Both teams yeah. have mm-hmm. gotten off to a slow start in in the same division. I'm on the Colts. We need to see one of these teams pull away from each other. Titans got Julio Jones. Titans got Julio Jones this offseason and still can't do anything on offense. We need Carson Wentz to play so that this is like a true matchup. Yeah. Don't don't even put your ankles on him. him? (laughs) How do you do that? It's not that hard. You have to like compensate so much for the one that you kind of forget how to use the other, and then you twist that thing the same way. <laughs> okay, I so, guess yeah. so. That is how Sounds it works. Like something his glass body would do. Dude, I've I've done I've done the same thing. Okay, I had have one of my knees corrected, and then when I went to you know, it, during the entire recovery process, my other one got worse because you're on crutches. Yeah. Of course, you of course it's going to take too much heat, and I had to go fix the other one. Yeah. And you never yeah. guess what what kind what kind of uh, walking aid they put me back on when I went when I recovered. But hey, crutches. Hey, you know your new surgically reconstructed leg. And let's 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 put a bunch more weight on that. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, yeah it's it it's works like the exact when, uh, same way. It's like when you take your side piece to the place that like your real girl likes, and then the side piece is like, I don't, I'm allergic to this stuff, and you're like, oops, oops. It's well, exactly like that. Stephen, this was a great pod, dude. I think we hit every team. <laughs> yeah, I think we. Yeah, I, hang on. Let's take a look. Pretty, look. Any team, mm, we didn't talk about the Broncos, guys. Come on, Denver's. Hey, just didn't let me go next off time. On. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right, they uh, need to earn our trust. But, 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 if you want to watch a grown man who's quickly rising up the ranks at the best at what he does. You have Daniel Carlson versus Jason Sanders this week, Oakland versus Miami in a game that really like we think Oakland may take that next step. Miami were still on the fence about. No, we're not. They're bad. Next. But I mean, I one read Sinet. The kickers, they're the ones to watch in that one. Yeah, this is a kicker <laughs> battle, people. Yeah. Yeah, follow Stephen for kickers corner, guys. The man goes in. Cool. I might not. I might not this week because, like, it it was like Matt Prater. Uh, what's his name? The Greg Joseph just disappointing the world. Matt Amendola not punting. You don't want to talk about Zerline? Oh no, he redeemed Fresh. himself. The leg. Yeah, you can't hear. Like, no, I what, mean, like, not everyone's gonna get a line this win. week, though. I, yeah. I was happy because it was week one, but like week two, no, yeah. no more. It's not the same. Uh, yeah, not, not that same gravitas, huh? 
yeah, but we covered it. All the teams. I said Deontay looks like Lizzo. We let Tofa do his thing. <laughs> Bryce had Boy, a good first appearance. Dang. Appreciate now it's all said and done, Bryce. Michael Will there be Y'all, more we've got some great articles coming out. We're pumping out a lot right now at the sportswave.net. Y'all should check it out. Tons of football content if that's your thing. Oh, College yeah. and NFL, week in, week out. Your favorite team will likely be written about. Uh, Steven, I'll let you take it away. Well, yeah, I asked Bryce if he was going to be back, and then you just have to brag about uh, your 95 articles an hour. Uh, yes, I'll be back. Thank you. <laughs> your name's still that Bryce. The amount of shameless plugs this guy has is amazing. Too many. At a Tolva03, at Andrew Tolva03. I'll see you all there. Damn, could you let Bryce talk? <laughs> <laughs> I want the man to come back. Oh, I'm definitely back. All right. The guy's been that... great to me, except for Tolva. That's uh, not letting me speak ever. <laughs> but yeah. Follow FBNOS, kill an Instagram game. Oh, yeah. Man's everywhere. Yeah, so Bryce, the FB analyst, I'm usually in his comment section pretty soon. I got notifications on. I can't miss a Bryce post. Uh, Yeston's power rankings. If you refresh, like, the sportswave.net, literally a new Tolva article will be out. Uh, Ethan Hartley's Every got a UFC preview. Yeah. Mm. Ethan Hartley's got a good UFC preview coming up soon. Uh, Deontay just follows me wherever I go. Spotify, Apple, <laughs> YouTube. What? Deontay, plug something. Come on, man. Do it. Everyone else says you got to. I got nothing. I follow Deontay. He's, he, he covers oh, Washington. Oh, like a suddenly now the pod thought has nothing to say. <laughs> At D underscore four underscore three. My guy. There's this plug. Family over everything, but whatever. Family <laughs> over everything. All right. We'll be back on Sunday. Maybe the same cast, maybe not. I don't know. Hey, Hartley, you're finally back. You want to say something before you freeze? He's still frozen. <laughs> he froze again. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Until the oh. next one, we're out.